And earlier I spoke to University of Auckland Professor Tracy McIntosh, whose recent research, among much other research that she's done, focused on incarceration and issues pertaining to poverty, inequality and social justice. We spoke about the risks of reactionary policy and that tough-on-crime rhetoric. You know, I think that we have to really recognise when tragic events, and obviously the events uh, that occurred in, in Sandringham are absolutely tragic, that these often become what we would call sentinel events. And so they're events that, by their very nature, create a really strong popular response, which in turn often then changes policy responses. I think that we have to recognise, you know, the, the the depth and the breadth of the tragedy, and we have to be careful not to have responses that then might not have the outcomes that we really want as we go forward. What we haven't been seeing yet is trying to target the drivers around emergency housing, around 501s. What are the risks of that polarising around operational and punitive responses? What are the risks of that polarising the actual social drivers of crime? Yeah, and I think that's it's a really important point that we have to really think about what's the most effective ways that we can create much broader levels of of collective security. So we certainly know that the sort of the the carceral system um, will be seen in the in the policy context and the public uh, context as having a role. But I think a far greater role is the role that you're sort of alluding to is really looking at those drivers, creating the the conditions that means that we can enjoy collective security. We have a a range of elements that are in play at the moment where you have um, some sort of really sharp uh, increases within uh, high profile types of offending, which then have a much, much broader view. And some of those, in, in cases when we look in the past that the response to sentinel events is often have very long-term, uh, not positive impacts. So it's really thinking about the way that we respond to those issues that we think about, as you said, what it means in terms of housing, what it means in terms of the types of opportunities that are available. The fact of, say, increasing sentences, um, it, it, it works in terms of the retributive response, uh, but it doesn't, you know, the, the re- research is really clear that what we need is a far greater um, look at what rehabilitation and reintegration might look like. Because even though that you have that retributive response um, can be very satisfying for people, it doesn't ensure to any degree collective security. Prisons aren't well equipped to rehabilitate and we've seen you know the intergenerational impact of that putting reoffenders back into prison is that the answer here well i think we what we do recognize is that there needs to be accountability for for behavior there needs to be uh, you know, that, that without a doubt, there are sort of consequences for that. But we want a far greater preventive strategy than one that uh, that deals with, uh, you know, post-trauma, post-tragedy. So I think that that's one of the sorts of elements that you're putting into place. So you need to cr- ensure that the that we are creating the conditions for a just society, uh, you know, so that we can have um, a better justice system. So I think that preventive justice is really important. Uh, what you know what evidence that you know does show us that we you know in New Zealand we have a a high recidivism rate and that actual sentence length um 
is often seen as, as chromogenic, about what happens when we go into to prison, particularly for short lags in the beginning that then increasingly get get longer. So we need far more work to be done in that preventive space. There has been a lot of work being done in that space, but there's a long tail to whether and when we will see the impacts of those sorts of preventative measures. Yeah, and it's a very, you know, again, it's a really good point, Bunny, that we know that the intergenerational impact is so significant that, you know, the shadow of the prison can, you know, fall right across for for three generations. So there is some work that must be, you know, there is work that is being done, you know, that's important work. And I, I guess we can we can see that that's been done both within correction settings and outside of correction settings. But that long tail, you know, that's your really messy part that needs uh really different types of work. And I think, you know, from if I'm looking at that from a, a Māori perspective, I think that's the area where we need far greater investment into communities and to hapu responses for those who know their communities best. I think if we're looking at, 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 at elements of people coming back who've been returned to New Zealand under Section 501 or Section 106, um, there we can see that places like um, Te Pā or Pā's doing some really important work and we need that to be ongoing we need that to be much longer uh, in terms of working with those that have extremely high needs that come back that are very isolated and often dealing with really complex issues uh, including issues pertaining to mental health and addiction. Will Māori and Pacifica become collateral damage in any punitive measures or any changes within the criminal justice system and any increase in police presence within our communities? Yeah, I mean, we know that that's where the focus often is, and we uh, we have to really be looking at something, as I said, really listening to communities, listening to some of those that are doing work in that at that sort of hapu level, of about what are the opportunities that need to be put in place. I mean, if I think that if we look at a lot of our young people, for example, um, who you know, and, and it's a it's a very small group that have been involved in very high profile offending, say with the ram raids that the types of really both wraparound supports that don't just target the the young person, but look much more broadly um, at whānau issues, at issues with siblings, at look, that that is likely to be far more effective uh, than a really strong response that just targets uh, rangatahi Māori, for example. So we have to be able to use both targeted uh, types of interventions, but also think much more broadly around collective issues. We are seeing the Dairy Owners Association and migrant communities respond with the narrative around being tough on crime as well as the National Party. What are the risks of that? Are there risks? What is really clear is that people working wherever they work, and and particularly people who are paying essential um, jobs in our community, like those that, that work in dairies, that they must have an ability to feel safe doing their work. I, I think that we're all very clear about that. When we do recognise that particular types of um, workers might be more vulnerable to, I guess, the some of the conditions within society, we have to look at responses to that. So I think that that's a really important element. The fact that we might have those, particularly in, in migrant communities, um, that are fearful in just their everyday work, that's a really important consideration that we need to take in place. In doing that, we need to have a far more holistic approach around the way that you have far greater levels of social cohesion, that we feel that the opportunities of all sectors of society are not limited, 
And my my concern always is is that we have responses that are are not are not as considered as they should be, and that largely mean that the opportunities, say for young people and for young uh, rangatahi Māori, are actually constrained and limited. So I think we do have to recognise the issues that exist within our, our communities. We have to recognise that there must be levels of accountability, including state accountability, and that in in responding to one, we don't uh, we don't uh, exacerbate issues across another area. 